It's time for Talking Tauntauns! Your Star Wars source at AIPTcomics.com Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Tauntauns. I am Jim Lahane, and with me as always is our favorite globetrotter, Nicole Herview. That's me. Hello there. What's up? I'm looking to send you something. I'm about to send you something because oh. I was waiting until we were recording for me to be able to send it to you. Um, okay, then. This is a highlight because I assumed you were about to ask me how London was. Yes. How, how, how was your, your transatlantic travels? It was fantastic. I'm about to send you something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is one of the highlights of my trip um, and perhaps my life. I'm just going to send you the initial bit first. Um, and you just you just let me know when you get this and what you think of this nonsense. And then I've got more that uh, I will be posting on Instagram very soon. So follow me there for that. But that's the the initial batch of nonsense. It is. Oh, is this Madame Tussauds? Mm hmm. It's I went to uh, Madame Tussauds. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, um. Nicole getting uh, intimate with the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Um, no, they have a phenomenal um, Star Wars section at Madame Tussauds in London right now. Absolutely fantastic. And the first section of it is Duel of the Fates. And it kind of goes in chronological order as you go through the like section. But it starts off with Duel of the Fates. So you have life-size wax figures of Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Maul. And um, I will tell you this full story, and this is my little tidbit. If you are, if you find yourself in London and going to Madame Tussauds, and this exhibit is up, it is at the very end of the uh, of the uh, exhibit. I guess it's at the end, right? And right before it is a Marvel section, and we got to the Marvel section, and there seemed to be a crowd waiting to get into a theater. I don't know if it was like a film of some kind. I don't know what it was. A show. I don't know. We didn't ask. I just wanted to get to Star Wars. So we said, can we bypass this? And the the employee said, yeah, go through this door. So we did. And as soon as we did, we watched the full theater empty out and go ahead of us into the Star Wars section. And I looked at my friend and coworker, Ashley, and I said, let's wait like five minutes. We waited like three to five minutes for everyone to kind of like work their way through it. And then I walked through an empty Star Wars section and took a... 20 minute photo shoot with every <laughs> single part of it like you go from and again I, i'm gonna um post this on instagram if you want to follow me on instagram the handle is i just changed it nicole h quinn so n-i-c-o-l-e-h-q-u-i-n-n um that's my public profile now it's my um pen name um so you could follow me there. Um, but I'm going to post all of it. So you go through Duel of the Fates. And yes, I got really, really close to the the mall. We're like, I'm, I'm having a little cuddle, as they say. With the, I didn't touch him. I just got really close to him. The mall uh, statue. You can, He's you can see where the heat started to melt <laughs> the yeah, side of yeah. mall. <laughs> um, I was too scared to touch anything. I was like, absolutely not. Um, Are you allowed to? And, I, did, I, would I don't know. No. 
I don't think so. I mean, people put their arms around them sometimes, and I th- I think it's fine. Um, but I just got as close as I possibly could without touching him. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it, great, phenomenal. Uh, I, uh, and they have the music playing. So I took a video of, like, the Duel of the Fates, like, the song is playing, and it's, I, I cried. I'm not gonna lie to you, Jim. I, I shed a few tears. And then the next room, it's Anakin on Mustafar dueling no one. Like, he's got his saber up, so I, I did my oh. best to Soka and went to, like, stop his lightsaber with the Force. I posed with him doing that. Um, I is was it, in my Ahsoka cardigan, be, so... Is it supposed to be, like, a photo op sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, there's a platform for you to stand on. There is a photo op moment in pretty much every one of these sections, except for the Duel of the Fates. You have to figure it out. Like... Um, there's nowhere for you to sit or stand or whatever. And then you go to the cantina and they have the the booth where uh, Han shot first and you sit where Greedo was and like Han's just sitting across from you at the booth and you sit in the booth across. It's fantastic. Then you go to Dagobah and you sit next to Yoda on a log. Real cute. Um, and then it's R2-D2 and C-3PO and you can kind of just like hang out with them. And then you have the I am your father moment, but you can stand where Luke is supposed to be. Phenomenal. Um, you have uh, Leia and Jabba the Hutt, like, in the palace, and, like, Salacious Crumb is in it. Fantastic. And I'm um, trying to think. The last bit is with Ray, Ray and BB-8. Um, oh, nice. I also found John Boyega in there and took a picture with him, but he isn't in the star wars actually he's just john boyega um <laughs> phenomenal was he was he just visiting the museum or <laughs> like yeah a, like yeah. the real john boyega <laughs> yes absolutely no um but it was fantastic i highly recommend if you're in the area and you have a chance to go that was worth the price of admission by itself my tip my tip is you can book multiple experiences at once that are like connected. So you could do Madame Tussauds in the London Eye or Madame Tussauds in the London Dungeon or Madame Tussauds or whatever. And it was about 50 pounds to do Madame Tussauds in the London Dungeon. And I had more fun than I did most other moments in that trip in the London Dungeon. Look it up. I won't go into it because obviously this is a Star Wars podcast and it's just not worth our time it's fantastic hilarious and so much fun so if you're going to london or if you're near london planning a trip whatever i recommend doing those two things it's 50 pounds to do both it was which equates to like 70 ish dollars incredible and i would have paid 50 bucks just to do the star wars section it was like phenomenal especially if you wait bypass if you want to do the marvel bit do it but i would just stay to the back and let people just walk through. I had the place to myself. It was great. So that's, that's the star Wars highlight there. Are, I, I went to see Paramore. I went to see Les Mis randomly. It was a great trip, but that's, that's the bit that I wanted to talk about. That sounds exciting. It was I didn't awesome. do anything. It near was that much so fun. cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now we ended up, my daughter's birthday was over the weekend. Um, oh, happy birthday so to her. We did, um, she wanted to do the indoor water park that's kind of near us, which is mm. small. It's okay. Um, but we figured, um, why not make a trip out of it and go to one of the bigger indoor water parks? And so we went to um, Kalahari down in the Poconos. Mm. How fun. And um, okay. that place is absolutely huge. 
Uh, we had stayed at the Great Wolf Lodge on our move out here, and she wanted to mm. do that again. She was excited to do that. And then I'm like, well, this place looks bigger and better. And we get there, and it's probably three times bigger. Oh, it sheesh. Is, it is absolutely ginormous. It had two lazy rivers inside the building. Wow. And, like, tons of slides. It had, I think, I think I counted, it was, like, 11 restaurants in the building. That's and amazing. It was, yeah, and so I took my um my my motion sickness meds, and uh, there's a couple of slides on there that really tested the uh, the effectiveness of them. <laughs> we get off of it, and my wife's like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm okay." She's like, "If you didn't have your meds, you would be done." I'm like, "Yes, I know." <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, our drive down, a lady tried to kill us because we we're on the highway. I'm doing. 65 70 in the left sure. lane um and there's a on-ramp mm-hmm. uh at that point lady in the right lane slows down because a car is coming on the on-ramp but then also decides to get into the left lane right in front of me so she's going mm. half my speed i sl- no. like um, she literally cuts me off i slam on my brakes honk my horn um, yeah, yeah. and then I like glance at the rear view mirror and there's a semi <gasps> with like literally, um, burning tires because he is also slamming on his brakes. Oh no. And so I start oh, to speed no. up and my wife's like, what are you doing? No. And I'm like, she's, uh, she's like, the car is still ahead of you. I'm like, yeah, but the semi is getting a lot closer behind me. <laughs> oh my God. And then she That's- like pulled. She pulled over and gave me a look like, why were you honking at me? Like, because you almost killed all of us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fun. Well done. That's, yeah. That, People that, suck. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That was the fun. Yeah. The fun, fun of the weekend. That was the fun. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> that sounds exciting. But I think we should start talk some Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that um, I was late for celebration over there in London, so I, I was a little bummed, but there's still Star Wars news happening. Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Hello, what have we here? There is still Star Wars news. Our last episode that we did, like the literally there was no Star Wars news, but we have actually gotten yeah. a little trickle of news out. Um especially since as we release this happy star wars day happy may the fourth yay actually i will be posting all of the stuff from adam tussauds on may the fourth so as you're listening to this you could go stare at that so yeah so that that's uh we are recording yesterday yeah Yeah. (laughs) may the third Yes. Which I'm sure Mark Hamill has something to say about May the 3rd, but I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, but we have some news. Um, the first big one uh, is that on Star Wars Day, or on today, uh, Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher is finally getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, she definitely deserves it. That's uh, she, uh, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are both on the um, Walk of Fame, but she mm-hmm. has not been. Um, I, I can't imagine um, what sexist reason there would be why she wouldn't be there. 
I don't really know. All I know is you pay to be on the Walk of Fame. So either no one put up the money or there's probably other criteria, but I do know money is involved. So I don't know. I don't know. But she will be across the street from her mother, Debbie Reynolds, as well. And a few feet away from Mark Hamill. Love that. Love to see that. But the ceremony will be at 1130 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on May the 4th. So awesome. Probably by the time you listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, lots of Star Wars-y sales and stuff going on. I'm not going to go over all of them, but Lego, I know, has a bunch of sales. Oh, um, yeah. Disneyland is doing a Star Wars month where they're bringing back Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, they have Love a lot Hyperspace of... Hyperspace Mountain. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. It is. It's, it's really fun. I did it last time uh, for Celebration. Um, yeah, yeah. And they have a bunch of Star Wars treats across all the parks. And so keep an eye out for those on anything you really want. Um, Disney Plus is releasing... Where is it? Um, another of those short Simpsons things. Oh, cool. This one's uh, Maggie Simpson in Rogue Not Quite One. <laughs> oh, darn it. That's funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love the Simpsons. I know that the quality has gone down over the years, but that's funny. That's really good. It's literally a what 35 year old show that's it's, it's older than me so yeah yeah it, it like started yeah. in the 80s like it's it's mm-hmm. um to even be still on the air and releasing new episodes is a wonder in and of itself oh but, for uh, sure absolutely so that's all i guess uh the other major major news um i wanted to get your opinion on this if you had one um the writer's I'm sure strike. i know what you're gonna say yeah the writer's strike i that- don't know the details but i will say this as a writer hello that's why i, I wanted your found opinion. a job yeah right <laughs> i found a job where i know i can get paid and people tell me all the time how lucky i am to have that that's not how it should work okay <laughs> like if you have a job as a writer you should get paid Period. This stuff doesn't get made without writer's rooms. And um, they need to be able to make a living wage. And I am sure I'm taking this from other people who are in the industry who have said that I think it was Colbert. Colbert's quote is their their demands are not unreasonable. Um, I haven't seen them. I'm going to say that again. I haven't seen them. I don't know what they are. But I know that a lot of writers whom I really appreciate and respect are striking right now. So I support them, obviously. And uh, yeah, if you're a creative person, it goes for any creative, right? But obviously, as a writer, I'm a little bit more close to this one. Um, If you do good work, you should get good pay, man. Like, everyone deserves a living wage, period. And these people are doing phenomenal work across the board. And if getting anything on television or any film done right now is a freaking feet and a half. And I respect the hell out of anyone who does it. And they deserve what they are asking for, I am sure. So that's my opinion. I wish I could speak more intelligently about it and to the details of what they're asking. I haven't 
been able to wrap my mind around it and give the attention it deserves because I literally just got back to the country three days ago. And when I'm on vacation, I don't look at anything. Um, and I've just been trying to readjust to human time. So uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll have a more thorough opinion soon. But that is as far into the details as I can get right now. But I support the strikers. I support the strike in general. Um, unions are great. So that's those are my opinions. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. Pretty pretty much, I probably know less than you. Uh, mm. But um, I know that several Star Wars related authors have uh, joined the strike, mm-hmm. and so I don't know how this will impact future Star Wars content or how it will yeah. delay stuff. Because I know previously, like these strikes could go on for a long time. Yeah, depending on the stubbornness of the uh, entertainment um, mm. companies. Yeah, for sure. Writer strikes are unfortunately pretty commonplace. They happen every few years. Like it's just a thing that happens constantly. Somehow, people have to fight for their livelihood every few years, and it's like getting old for sure for everybody. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, the point is just just freaking pay people, man. Like, especially organizations like Disney and Lucasfilm who make so much money off the back of the work that the writers do. And obviously a bunch of other people who are creative who make these things happen and make them come to life and, and all of that good stuff. But the writers are the, you know, ground zero of what is going on here. Um... They make so much money off of their work. You'd think that the investment would be proven worth it at this point. But unfortunately, capitalism. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Capitalism's going to do the thing, you know? Um, so I hope I hope that they their demands are met. They, they reach an agreement quickly. But I also want them to take however long it takes, you know? So... We'll see. We'll see if it affects any timelines, because I have a feeling that soon we're going to hear about that. Stuff being canceled, stuff being delayed, stuff being affected. Um, I know of a few shows whose writer's rooms are involved that nothing's happened yet, but might be, not Star Wars, but shows in general. Um, We'll see. It's interesting, though, but I'm mostly just paying attention to the writers and creatives that I respect and follow and and seeing what happens. Yeah. As of this moment, the strike hasn't been going on. I feel like long enough to impact no. anything. Not yet. Um, but not yet. It can easily go on. I believe months. Um, easily like back in uh, the early nineties. I believe it like severely impacted a lot of television. That's where we got yeah. a lot of our uh, reality television um, shows was yes. because of the writer's strike. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they happen, unfortunately, pretty frequently. But yeah, and it's always like, oh, this show exists because of the writer strike. And like, I think it, I could be completely, completely messing this up. So somebody fact check me. But off the like top of my head, I think it might have been there's a show that was affected. The quality was affected by the writer strike. And from memory, it's John Mulaney's sitcom, Mulaney, that did horrendously because it was so bad meanwhile john mulaney's comedy is 
gold. <laughs> like absolutely the funniest things I have ever seen in my life. I just watched his new special and it was very good. Um, I think that might be the one I'm thinking, but I know like that's a thing as you talk about shows that are weirdly not great or like very strange in concept or reality shows. And it's like, oh, the writer strike was happening. And you're like, ah, yeah, I think and that's that where happens a lot. Survivor like even came from. Yeah. Like, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Survivor and the Amazing Race were um, answers to yeah. we need something that writers aren't involved in. American Idol, American Idol might be one of them as well. It might have, it might because they also yeah. like in that era of television, right? Where like all that stuff started. We might have borrowed Big Brother from the UK at that point as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You just you need producers for that, not usually writers. So. <laughs> Yeah. As you could tell yeah, by man. the quality of some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting, though. Very. In- we'll see. We'll follow it. And obviously, if anything affects Star Wars, we'll talk about it. But there's a lot of people who have written very good Star Wars stuff that are involved. So, yeah. And I got um, I got one more piece of news ish. Yep. Um, the uh, Jedi Survivor. Speaking of Survivor. Yes. Um, was released uh, a couple weeks ago, last week? Last week. And yeah. um, if you find on Instagram, the Star Wars Instagram page, they show some of the, what they call behind the scenes of Cameron Moynihan, Moynihan? Monahan. Cameron Monahan doing the, um, the motion cap. The mo cap, yeah. There's one where um, I think the only one they really have is uh, where Mark Hamill is there giving him tips. (laughs) It's very good. You'd need to watch it immediately if you haven't. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. No, that was it. That was uh, I just wanted to um, because I saw that and I laughed. I I, like this is uh, this is clever. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Is that all the news we have? That is all the news I got, yes. Great. I have personal news. (laughs) Um, Right before I went to England, the day before I went to England, a thing happened in the world of Disney parks. You might know exactly where I'm going with this. But uh, last Thursday, not this past Thursday, the Thursday before, the 20th, 420, the national holiday, if you will, um, Disney World Annual Passes went on sale. Oh yes, yes. I'm I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. um, Disney got in trouble, and then Disney. No, Disney didn't do anything. <laughs> no, they just made a ton of money in one day, um, and a, a a a good amount of my money was transferred to the Disney Corporation um, in exchange for unlimited access to their parks for a year. Um, so mine will be activating in September. So from September, late-ish September of this year to September of next year, it is the year of the annual pass for for me. And um, I will be talking about it a lot. I will be writing about it a lot. There will be so much content, so much content that I'm going to make about like the annual pass journey and like will i renew next year who knows um like what's it like having an annual pass and living very far away from the parks what's the roi on that um 
am I going to go to every single Epcot festival? You betcha. Like, you bet I am. Um, am I planning on, because my job is remote, I work remotely. Do I plan on going down to Florida for a week and a half and working from the hotel and then going to the parks every night? Yes. I fully plan on doing that. Um, and I will be taking the audience with me. Um, so the shameless plug is to, to, to follow me on social media to see that. So, um, I'm doing that. It should be fun. Obviously, there will be a lot of Star Wars content in there as well, because I will be buying everything. <laughs> um, basically, my tax return is funding um, a ridiculous, ridiculous dream that I've had for a very long time. Like, being an annual pass is on my bucket list. Like, being an annual pass holder is on my bucket list. And so that day, I actually knocked two things off my bucket list. I told Jim this story. It's a long one. But I randomly got tickets when my friend got tickets and she took me to see a Devils playoff game, a New Jersey Devils hockey playoff game. On the same day, I bought a Disney World annual pass and I checked two things off my bucket list in the span of like 12 hours. So um, from September to September, I'll be doing that. I'm sure I'll talk a lot about it. And, like, fun stuff that's going on. And if they're like, oh, hey, this crazy, like, Star Wars thing is happening. Like, next May the 4th. I'll just go. You know? <laughs> like, I'll just book the cheapest airfare humanly possible. Stay wherever. And go. So, anyway. That's my that's my bit of personal news. And I will take y'all with me if you want. Please. Just pack yeah. me in a suitcase. I was like, J- Jim, you can actually, you can come. um but yeah i will be taking people with me virtually listen she's 30 years old she has a good job she got a tax return that literally paid for the annual it was like within a hundred dollars i had a hundred dollars more than i needed to upgrade to an annual pass from the trip i was already going on so um it was fate so there you go um I recommend getting the Southwest credit card. I have the United credit card. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just fly basic economy on United. I have enough miles to go, like, a few times or because of London. I And, like, the credit card. Excuse me. I have enough miles to go, like, twice. So, yes, for those reasons. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. A airline credit card? Absolutely. That's it. My Southwest, 100%. My Southwest credit card just signing up, I think, got us four flights. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. I got with mine. I think I got sixty five thousand miles, and it paid for. It only let me use a portion for an international flight, but I should be able to go to Florida a couple of times for that. So, yeah, it's good stuff. That is the pro tip, though. You're absolutely right. Especially if you're planning on doing something like that. Um, yeah. Frequent frequent trips. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's not worth the, the cost of uh, the annual fee. If you don't, if you're not planning a flight that much. No. Yeah. I think my annual fee is like a hundred bucks. So I mean, That's fine. Right. I think but mine's 150. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You got to get one that you think actually pays for itself. But yeah, I, we also, I know I, I get a discount on the star cruiser because I'm an annual pass holder now. Oh, I, um, I don't yes. know. I don't know guys. I don't know, but I, it feels like, that's the time to do it. If I don't know. Also, I, I don't know. Um, speaking that is other news. Um, they released another discount for yes. Disney Visa holders. I have that too. That, that <laughs> is, I double up? That's free to sign up for. 
So if I you love are, my Disney Visa card. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, if you're thinking of going, it was thirty percent off, which is fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Kept, I sent it maybe wild. four times to my wife in one day. I just I kept sending yeah. the same thing. <laughs> um, I have been a Disney uh, uh, Visa card, Disney Rewards, Disney Visa Rewards card. That's it. Holder um, for I don't know five or six years now. I often love that thing. It does have an annual fee. It's not high. I think it's also like around a hundred bucks. Oh, mine. I, I, I have the lower tier. I got the free one. Yeah. Um, and that's fine too, but I have the, that one and the rewards. Cause I just use it for everything, you know, like everyday purchases. I just use it. That's my go-to. And then I just budget for it and then pay it every, I pay it off every time I get paid basically. Um, I in when was the last time I went November and of course I used all of my rewards money because they give you like money to use in the like on anything Disney you could use it on movie tickets you could use it um on Disney plus things you could use it on shop Disney and you could use it in the parks so I save up all my rewards every time I go to Disney I use them all of course and I just had $150 and the last time I went like I zeroed out in November and I already had $150, like in a quarter, basically. Um, so that stuff is great. <laughs> and you get you get 10% off on like every Disney thing you use it on. So that's nice as well. Yeah. Um, and there's usually room discounts for the, for Disney Visa card holders. Special like you can meet Chewy. Like there's a special Chewy yeah. photo op in Hollywood Studios for card holders. This is, I swear, not an ad for Disney World. I I don't know what we're doing, but um, it's really great. If you're going to go, I love that card. I think it's They, they it's also fantastic. have a special or had a special meet and greet um, for like Mickey and Minnie and Goofy. Yes, in we've Epcot. done it. Mm-hmm. Like we've done and that Epcot. a few times. Yeah, yeah. My mom uh, saw Mickey on, it was my mom and dad's anniversary and we were in Epcot. And we went to that photo shoot, photo op rather, and sometimes it's Mickey and Minnie, sometimes it's like Pluto and Goofy, like it's mixed up and it's, just, it's only like two of them. And the first time we went, it wasn't like Mickey wasn't there. And the second time Mickey was there and she cried. And I was like, this is where I get it from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like a picture of her hugging Mickey and like almost crying. It's fantastic. Um, very great. The perks are awesome big fan of that card for sure so if you're gonna go to the, go to the star cruiser that's not insignificant 30 percent is like 1500 <laughs> i'm pretty sure the annual pass holder discount is a little lower than that i'm pretty sure i'm not positive but i i haven't looked into it's it at yet because the, the annual yeah the annual pass holder one it was for sailings very very soon mm-hmm. i think the time period is wider with the visa card like yes. i can't use it yet because my annual pass hasn't been activated yet so i can't use any discounts until it's activated it activates when you first like go into a park so my it, 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 even though i bought it two weeks ago last week whatever time um almost two weeks ago now um it won't work until like i go to a park so i can't take advantage of that that's why i didn't really look into it i can't take advantage of that pass holder discount 
but I think the the time period on the Disney Visa card one is longer, so might be worth looking into. All right. That is good news, Jim. Well done. We ready? I think we can finally, finally, finally talk about the Mandalorian finale. Yes. My God, man. When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. So we are talking the last two episodes ever of the Mandalorian because this seemed to wrap up pretty well. Like they they literally wrapped up every storyline that they had going. Um, They sure did. Yeah. So we're talking chapter 23, The Spies, and chapter 24, The Return. And you know who The Mm -hmm. Return did not talk about? Thrawn. I was almost positive. I'm like, I see the return. I'm like, it's going to be about Thrawn. That's what I thought, too. I I said out loud several times, Thrawn? Thrawn? Because they mentioned him in, in the, spies. the previous episode. Yep. In The Spies. And I was like, well, of course. Not, not of only- course he's going to show. They're, they're teeing it up. They're like giving people who don't know who Thrawn is context. Like, this is great. Not only did- Hey, remember that guy? Yeah, it wasn't even just an no. offhanded reference. They had an entire conversation about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The heir to the empire was mentioned. It was great. And like, it was a great time. Anybody who knows like the heir to the empire books and knows Thrawn knows his right hand man is Paleon in the books. Mm-hmm. Paleon was mentioned in Rebels. Like, uh, right. basically, Thrawn contacted Paleon because Paleon was on the ship. We never saw him. Well, mm-hmm. we actually get to see him now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I didn't pick up. I didn't know any of that. So, that, yeah. Cause yeah. Not, well, I didn't read um, Like, that, that whole conference, the Shadow Council. Um yeah. We had Brendel Hux. We sure did. Who is... Um, our boy, uh, Force Awaken Hux. I can't remember his first name. Uh, uh, Donald Gleason. Yeah, it's his so daddy. I'm, just, I'm like Donald Gleason. Oh, yep. is it his dad? The the, the character cool. is his, the character's his dad. Um, yeah. Who is also the character is named after Donald Gleason's actual father. Brenda Gleason. Yes. So that's Mad Eye Moody. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, many other things, but Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> but that's but that's like the character was named because of the actor that's father. so cool <laughs> i did want to bring that up um i didn't pick up on that but that's really great um that's i guess what people were talking about of like referencing the sequels directly is that was that it because that's all i got but people were like up in arms about the fact that the mandalorian was like referencing the sequels and like cementing things and they're like oh my god they're not gonna retcon it and i'm like no they're not no, they've been. What? We've, been, we've literally we've been, been this. saying this since episode one. How they yeah. are tying into the sequels, literally. Yeah. Like oh, if yeah, you, for sure. If you, if uh, I, people I don't know. We can. Yeah. We don't need to hatch it more than that. But like, people are dumb. Yeah, I don't, don't know be if, dumb. if that is the reference that you're referring to. I didn't see the I complaints. I'm not surprised. There was anger. Yeah. There was so much. Anger. I was like, calm down. Like, I was like, 
just like channeling Taylor Swift. And I was like, damn, it's 7 a.m. Like, you need to calm down. Like, you're being too loud. Like, that's that's how I was feeling. I don't know if anyone who listens to us is going to get that. It was all Taylor Swift lyrics. Just let me be. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, stupidity. But uh, th- that episode was great. I think we talked a lot about it when we, we were did. trying not to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> it's- but poor post Vizsla. Um, that poor dude. I laughed again. I rewatched um, that episode last night and I laughed oh, um, yeah. because it's it, not the fact that he died because that his death scene was absolutely fantastic. Wild. Like, yeah. Pulling out the actually probably the Praetorian Guards was also a direct reference to the sequel trilogy. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Um, That. The way they kind of walk out of the mist every time they show up made me laugh. <laughs> it is funny. And it is music, very funny. Like, literally, like, they do a camera trick. They walk out of literally nothing and kind yeah. of, like, just appear. It's cool. It is a cool shot. It is very interesting, but it is it is funny. It sure is funny. Um, Yeah. What a cool death scene. And just, like, they really, really were like, hey, the armor is, like, over there. Like, you don't trust her. Like, the episode's called The Spies. You're kind of like, so the armor, right? And then, and then no. Nothing. And then fully no. They were like, why did you think that? Like, I could see them going, like, why, why on earth would you distrust this woman? Like, why? What's wrong with you? They and I'm did, just like, okay. They did the same sure. thing with Axe, too. They when, sure did. When yeah. Axe, Axe flies wins. up, mm-hmm. when he flies up, he lands on the ship. He tells everyone to leave. And he's he like, sure does. For I will what? take care of the ship. And the guy kind of gives him. he was him, steering it? Yeah, but the guy kind of gives him, like, a sideways glance. Like, that's weird. And so, mm. like, us as audience is like, that's weird. Yeah. And then nothing. Like It is weird. It's yeah. a weird moment. It's like, what's going on, you know? Um, I took it at more as like, oh, man, like, you're going to go down with the ship. That sucks. Bye. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what <laughs> I was out, getting buddy. from it. Like, have fun. And I'm just sitting there like, why is he sitting there? Like, I guess he was steering in, in some capacity. But the whole time, I'm like, why is he just sitting there? And then he's like, okay, I'm gone now. He just, like, leaves. And I was like, oh. I thought this was a grand sacrifice of some kind, but okay. Like, nope. cool. Live. Nope. Gone. Fine. And he, he fine. Didn't, he didn't pull a post. Yeah, no, he did not pull a post. Gosh. Um, I, listen, I said very confidently a thing, and I will point out how wrong I was. I said very confidently that helmet was coming off. I was. You did. You so did. sure. That you helmet and, uh, was coming off, and, and we were having Alex an interrogation. Spoke. I was positive. I was the most sure, and I was the most wrong. Um, probably the most wrong I've been with a prediction on this podcast, maybe. Um, that might be the award for, wow, she was real confident and real wrong. And, and I'm happy I was. I'm also- actually really happy that they broke the formula. Um, they also. I didn't give them enough credit, I guess. 
they you were so wrong so quickly. It was like so quickly. It was like seconds <laughs> into the next Second, episode. And I, as soon as Groku came in in his like IG unit, just yelling no, 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 which makes me laugh constantly. Okay, it is the funniest thing. Um, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, it's not coming off. Like I took it back real quick, but like I was it was art you already within recorded. two minutes. <laughs> I know. Within two minutes I was wrong. And you know what? Fine, that happens. Again, I'm happy. I'm happy because they surprised me and they broke a formula and I'm pleased about it. Um but Grogu listen, Grogu made me cry a lot in this episode, this finale. Um him saving his dad and me. So cute. And then Din being like, buddy, like, I-, I need you to be brave for me. I'm like, oh, my God. Just like they were like, you're going to sob for like an hour. Get used to it. Um, His fight, the fight like that Grogu and Din were having like separately with um, yes. the Praetorian guards and, and um, Moff Gideon. Yep. Incredible. Like the stakes were so high. And it was not at all to me obvious that everyone was going to get out okay. Like, at all. Especially, and, um, so this is on the, the final episode, and you just mm-hmm, killed mm-hmm. one of the major characters in the previous episode. Yeah. 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 And it was, they were really, I mean, listen, no one knew if they were getting another season. Like, I don't think anyone's really mentioned that that was happening. We knew about the movie. But the movie confirmed that characters from these stories were all going to be there. But I don't know if the fact, like, if they were like, yes, Mando's in it. Grogu's in it. Like, are they? I don't think... Did they even confirm that they No, were? that's what no. I'm saying. I don't think they did. So there was never really, like, solidification of the idea that they were going to be okay. Because we've never seen them in anything else in the future. They're not in sequels. They're not in anything else that takes place past this point, right? And they really drove that home. And they really used that um, to be like, you don't know who's getting out alive. Like, we don't see Bo-Katan after this. Ever. Like, there is not a point, I don't think, in the Star Wars canon that is post this moment that we see a lot of these characters. So um, Not... not- not the animated uh, basically I'll, i consider yeah. them all the animated like characters because they all stem from rebels yeah. um sure you're right they're even even ahsoka is iffy um because she right? is she's the voice in the sequel trilogy but that kind of indicates she's Doesn't dead mean she's alive. then but that's about it yeah yeah that does that mean she's dead? oh my god it does mean she's dead whoa okay we gotta think about that for a minute in a second. But I never thought about that, that her voice is in the sequel trilogy and every voice we hear is someone dead. Right? Yes. That's it. That's how I took it. I mean, if we just take Ahsoka out, we'll go through that in a second. Table that. Put that over there for just one minute. Okay. Um, there's weight to those fights. Like, actual stakes. And I really appreciated that because, like... There wasn't another season announced. 
there's we nothing. didn't there's nothing after this really in terms of these characters there's just nothing except the the fact that Filoni's movie is going to kind of tie together all the like the shows great but we don't know what that means like the shows could be going a completely different place in like a year who knows right so I loved that I was so scared right and I loved that if they did kill off Din Djarin, it would have been earned. And I think it would have been heartbreaking. Obviously, I would have been very upset. But it would have been earned. It would have felt okay. Like, all right, if that's a story we're telling, and then we just go on with, like, Grogu, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what the heck they were going to do? I'm so happy they didn't. I'm so happy because, like, it made that ending, right, so much sweeter to kind of be coming to terms a little bit with the fact that, like, we could be saying goodbye to one of them. That's both of them. We could be saying goodbye to everybody right now. Like, there's a moment when, like, Gideon goes up in flames and all the Praetorian guards are dead and everything's on fire. And for a half a second, you're led to believe everybody's dead. Everybody in that room is deceased. And that's that might be okay. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta be okay with that for a minute, you know? And it makes what every single thing that happens after so much sweeter. And I thought they finessed that so beautifully. And the music, listen, the music in the show is also always fantastic. But that music and that moment and that cinematography... And everything that went into that moment when you just see Grogu protecting his family with the Force, I'm a cry again. I'm a cry now. Like, stunning. Stunning. Beautiful. I don't know how you felt about it. Beautiful. I, yeah. Um, that was one of the, the I really, I, re, I did really like that. I liked the way it looked, too. Mm-hmm. Like um, the visual, the visualization of these two episodes. These two episodes really were tied together very well. Um, they did work as like a two-parter finale, and just the whole thing. And what you were saying about the music, um, I was surprised by how much they used a Mandalorian theme in the show itself. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't remember them actually doing that before, and they did it twice over these last two episodes. And yeah, I- and it worked both times. It did. It did. And I really, I really enjoyed it. And like, I don't understand me and the internet don't get along. I don't know if you'd notice this. Mm, um, mm, we mm, don't think, I understand. We don't think the same way. Like everyone yeah. online is like the third season's like it dropped the ball on the Mandalorian. Nobody likes it. I'm like stunning. I think the third season's been easily the best one. It's been the I would one. I agree with you. Yeah. It's been the one I've actually liked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that the first two seasons did a really good job of teeing this third season up and I love them. But I I talk a lot about pacing when I'm talking about writing and I th- I think that if you really look at this season of The Mandalorian, if nothing else from a writing perspective, it's a masterclass in character. It's a masterclass in earning a happy ending. And it's a masterclass in patience and pacing. It's also and, 
it also does exactly we predicted where this season was going at the end of last oh, season because yeah. we talked about what are they going to mm-hmm. do next season and we're like it sounds like they're going to be doing a retaking of Mandalore. Yeah. And that's exactly what this season ended up being. I thought it would take a while yeah. to, for Mando to get to Mandalore. I was mm. wrong on that part, but we were right about the overall retaking of Mandalore being the yes. focus of the season. Yeah, I agree. I Yes, absolutely we were. And I think it's okay that he got to Mando Mandalore, geez, that he got to Mandalore early because then we kind of learn what Mandalore is as a character. This version, like, setting is just character that can't talk, kind of, right? It's, it's if you break down, like, at the very, very basic level, it's, um like, all of the conflicts in all of storytelling are man versus man, man versus self, and man versus nature. Nature is just another character. Right. Um, So your environment and especially the planets all to me, this might sound odd to other people, but they're all characters. And we know Mandalore before the siege. We know who she is before the siege. We don't know her after. And I think we really get to know her in a different way by going to Mandalore early, seeing where she's at, you know, and kind of having a little bit of a touch point and understanding of what this environment is. So that when you get to that point in the penultimate episode, when they walk into what's supposed to be the forge and you're so invested in the forge, right? Like you're so into it and it looks like that and it's loaded with Imperial nonsense it hurt me. Like, it, it's like a gut punch. And you kind of start to realize the, the culture of the Mandalorians and how important Mandalore... It's Mandalore's another member of the tribe. You know what I mean? And no, another member of the covert, you know? And, like, to see her a little bit desecrated, in a way. So interesting. And such an interesting moment that doesn't pay off if we don't go there in episode two and it's you know mandalore the planet is also interesting because in the clone wars mandalore was a post-apocalyptic wasteland almost where everyone lived in domes now fast forward to the mandalorian and it is a post post post-apocalyptic like how can you go more apocalyptic well, we did. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Let's think about it, right? This is post-apocalyptic. We are post-apocalyptic because I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of sense to you, Jim. There was an apocalypse and it killed all the dinosaurs. We already went through one. It already happened to this planet, right? At least once. We know at least once this already ha- like that already happened. So technically, we're post-apocalyptic <laughs> right now. True. <laughs> you know? So... It's kind of like that, right? Like, if it's just another one. They just had another one, and it was just a lot closer. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing that they're post-post-apocalyptic, but, like, yeah, I guess I, I those apocalypses just happened real. It's interesting. Little thing's really interesting. Um, Mandalore's a fascinating character, isn't she? Um, I'm going to stop talking about it like that, because I know it's weird. It might be weird, but... It, it is the environment is another character and um 
we've really got to know Mandalore so well throughout the season. And I really appreciated the time that we spent doing that. And it made, it made the retaking of Mandalore more than just that. It made it kind of like a reunion. You know, it's not, it's not just, I mean, the restoration of the culture is incredibly important, of course, but it's also a reunion. Like it's a little bit more intimate than that. Um, and I thought it was beautiful and especially to kind of not end, but almost end right back where we kind of started the season, right? In reverse a little bit, you know, we, we go to the, um, waters of Mandalore and then we go back to our boy Grief Cargo, right? So we're kind of doing the first bit of the season in reverse, which I really love. I love a little bookend, like very symmetrical, very beautiful moment, um, but to go into the, the, you know, the waters of Mandalore immediately after they retake the planet and to see what happens there. Dear sweet God. Um, it's a beautiful moment, obviously, when Din finally says, like, I want to adopt the kid. Like, he's going to be my kid. I'm not getting choked up again, I swear to God. But the moment I hear, like, Din Grogu, I start to cry. Like, every time. Like, it's just so earned. And he never really called him his son. He just didn't object when other people did. He called him you know? his apprentice. Correct. But everyone who was like, oh, your dad this or your kid that or, like, whatever. He never corrected them. He never corrected them, but he never agreed with them. And it was uh, so beautiful to like finally see that. Go uh, when uh, um, Bo-Katan came in to fight uh, Moff Gideon, she yelled at yeah. him, like, "Go save your son!" Yeah, yeah, like, and that happens a lot. And I feel like the first time it happened, and no one said anything. Like no one, obje- like he didn't object. We were all like, "Yep, okay, good, great." Like that was almost enough. So that I wasn't craving him saying, like, I'm going to adopt the kid. Like, that's my son. Like, you kind of almost weren't looking for that. Because he never said... This is such an interesting point, right? He never denied that Grogu was his son. So we all were just like, yep, great. Now, if he had said a million times, he's not my son, he's just my apprentice, or he's just this, like, he, I just, he's just a foundling, like, he's not my kid. We would have been begging for a moment where he finally accepted Grogu as his son, but we weren't, which makes that so much better. Like, almost, like, I didn't know I needed this. And it's just a stroke, that was a stroke of genius. And um, I did see the actor who plays the armor, what is her name? Oh, I, um, for some reason, I can't She's think of it. She's fantastic, and I can't think of her name right now. Um, she was interviewed, while you're looking for her name, I'll explain this. She was interviewed and asked, like, Emily in Swallow. that moment, Emily Swallow, so good. When Din says, like, I'm going to adopt him as my son, she looks at him and very pointedly says, this is the way. Like she says it like that, like the real emphasis she, on she this. Does and say she does asked um, a little differently. She was asked why, and it's because the armor was effing waiting. Like Din, yes, good. 
Okay. It's about this is how time. we do it. This, this is the way, you stupid idiot. Like, it's, uh, she actually, the quote that I loved, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, except for the point that's important. She said, uh, he can be a little dim sometimes. Uh, uh, and I lost my mind. I was like, she's smart. She's really good. She also, if you didn't see it, look this up. She went to a fan expo, I believe, a convention, and she cosplayed as the armorer and, like, just talked to a bunch of Mando cosplayers, like, in cosplay and then revealed that it was her. And everyone kind of lost their minds. Um, really great. Really phenomenal. She's very into it. And it, it st- like, you could see it. Um, what a beautiful moment that I don't think we all knew we were craving so much, you know, because of how they handled that relationship and how we all accepted like yeah that's your kid and he never said that that wasn't the case so great and then you go back and the way you end this whole show like you said it really seems like we're done here like i'm good if we never get another piece of mandalorian content again i'm happy if this is where we leave grogu and din and they're just happy in their little plot of land once in a while like going out and, like, doing stuff and, like, living their best lives and, like, nothing crazy ever really happens to them again and they're just happy. Love that. Um, But it was just so sweet and so cute to see our boy sitting on his little chair watching his little son play with a little frog. And it's, like, peace. Like, it's just peace. And how lovely is that? Um, Just fantastic. Like, I got the warm and fuzzies, like, immediately, you know? The, um... Yeah, they just talking about like the wrapping up of the series, like the major storylines that we got. Um, why was Grogu being abducted in the first place? Well, turns yeah. out that we were leading us to clones of Moff Gideon with the Force. Mm-hmm. Those got dealt mm-hmm. with real quick. Um, so quick. The my God. I don't think um, Doctor Brain Fry is coming back. I think he's like out of. I it. think he's done. Like, um, we have our our spy who turns out that she yeah. was a spy for Moff Gideon, who we all assumed she was. Um, we knew that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and Moff Gideon is dead, and now we're leading on to Thrawn. It's kind of like where we got, like, we leapt on to that. And so, it's kind of like, it, yeah. I can see mm-hmm. the Mandalorian coming in to the Ahsoka show, or, um, yep. and definitely the movie, but I, like, you're right, this, it feels like, we're done. We got. We didn't get a post-credit scene. We got. Um, nope. We got him sitting in his. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Um, when uh, a couple episodes ago, when the he uh, what's a grief carga gives the Mandalorians all the um, all the land out there. Yeah. Do you know the reason why Yellowstone is a national park? No, I don't. Because the land is useless. You can't farm it. Mm. You can't do anything with it because of all the hot springs. It is completely useless. So they made it a national mm. park because you can't do anything else with it. Nobody wants it. <laughs> Fair enough. Grief Karga gave them the land that you can't do anything <sighs> with. And it's oh, like he made it like jerk. a gift. He's like, you have all this land. And then like you see Din's little hut in the middle of this wasteland. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. laughed. I'm like, yeah, good job. <laughs> Interesting. 
That's really interesting. Hey, he's happy. He's got a little hut. He's got a little son. They're going to go yeah. on adventures, which I thought was so funny. Grief Karga's little like, you can totally stay there, like in between adventures. And I'm just sitting there like, we're calling them adventures yep. in world. Like, <laughs> well, okay, sure, man. Like, whatever Carl Weathers says, dude, like, fine. Um, very funny. I also did love to back up just like a touch. Um, going back into the bar and finding, oh, uh, what's his name? Our our good our good pilot friend, Dave Filoni from the Resistance. Yes, no. Um, who who? Yes, yes. Um, phenomenal. By the way, his hat. I saw his hat, and I was like, Dave. Like what? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, no notes. But Mando saying like I. I want, like, I want to work for the, like, resistance, basically. Oh, like, um, uh, Tifa. Right. Yes. Kirsten Tifa. He's great. I think he's fantastic. Um, yes, our boy Carson. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, love that. I was like, great. He could do whatever he wants now. Like, he's kind of in, he could be looped into other stories so easily without kind of, like, messing up what they've done to kind of put Grogu and Din in a really good place. They they you they, know? they put a bow on the show but left it open they for sure future did. adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Thought um, that was great. Thought that and did love seeing Dave Filoni in that bar. Instead of Zeb, we got Zeb in the first time when we went in the bar and then Dave Filoni's there in the second. So you know what? Great. Well, which is not a surprise because the first time we saw Dave Filoni was with Carson Tiva. They were together on the. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I don't even remember. I don't know if it was the Ice Spider episode or um, something, but they were together when we first saw them. They were. You're absolutely right. They were, and um, I mean, listen, this this whole show is a Filoni and Favreau number, and Favreau just died in the other <laughs> episode, so <laughs> Filoni needed a moment as well, I guess. Um, uh, so uh, I he I, loves I, a Vizsla. He can't let anybody else play a Vizsla. I love it. No, no, he's also the kid. Um, I'm joking. But yeah, he's really. also the kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, though. He is. Um, so uh, a couple things. Uh, the armor yep. that Marf Moff Gideon wears. Tie yeah. this ties back to I don't know if you know this to Dark Forces video game. So the no. in the end of the last season. They had all those dark troopers, the robots. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the Dark mm-hmm. Forces video game, there's three levels of those dark troopers. The first one was the mm-hmm. robots. The third one was the prototype suit that the general. Um, I don't. I had it pulled up. The, uh, the general of the whole program wears, and you have to fight him while he's wearing this robotic suit. Wow. Okay. And so this is like literally taken uh, Rom Rom Mock, General Rom Mock, and so you're fighting Cute. him in Dark Forces in that dark dark trooper suit, which is exactly what we have Gideon wearing. Also, does it look like he's wearing a Maul trooper helmet? Yes, it sure does. I'm like. Thank you. He has he has the mall horns, on. which ties back to what's it what's it called the Mandalorian um, the Death bad troopers? guys, the, 
Death uh, Well, Death Watch. Death Watch. Thank you. Yeah. It ties back to Death Watch a little bit, which I thought was really interesting. And, and they called out Death Watch. That's Yes, they did. And that's also why, like, I was also suspect of the armor because she's got maul horns as well. And... And there's a clear, like, connection between Death Watch and Maul and, like, all of that. And I was like, is she... And when I saw the horns on Gideon, I was like, okay. She clearly has something to do with this. And it was just, like, a really fun red herring that I'm I'm pleased that I could trust the armor. Unless, unless later in another show or in the movie, they're like, guess what? But they y'all were right. Wild. Well, It'd be wild. But as of right now, I'm like, please. But they you're right. They kind of set it up with that whole conversation where they're like, wait, you were on Concordia? What about Death Watch? That's where mm -hmm. Death Watch was. Mm -hmm. She's like, Death Watch split up. That doesn't <laughs> <broke> mean <laughs> you are not part of Death Watch. That just is you sidestepping the question. Here's a fun here's a fun one. Here's just a little little fun one I'm gonna throw out there. What's her damn name? And Solo, what's her name? It's lo I'm losing my mind. Uh, Amelia Clark. Kira, Kira. Okay. <laughs> we don't know what happens to Kira, do we? Uh, we do in the comics. <laughs> she comes back I guess, in the comics. But like timeline wise, <laughs> could Kira be the armor? <laughs> Actually, I just want we, one badass woman to be another badass woman. Man. We don't know. I don't. I think at the end of like Kira's reign in the comics, which takes place between Empire and Jedi, I think she's yeah. still alive. And so, maybe. I mean, listen. Two bad. Like, I take this back. Two badass women, women in the galaxy is better than one. But wouldn't that be really interesting? Like, like if they could pull that off. I'm thinking about it in this moment, like not really thinking about the ramifications and the logistics and how it would work. But wouldn't it be an interesting turn if they were like the whole time, the whole time that you were thinking that she was with Maul at the wrong time? You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, like she wasn't in Death Watch. She was Kira. It'd be wild. It'd be a wild way to bring her back into like the on screens. I don't think she is. I would make that very clear. But wouldn't it be fun? wouldn't it be fun it'd be a reveal for reveal's sake but it'd be fun <laughs> it would be yeah so but yeah i could keep going on um i oh, really sure i really did like these two episodes and i think i think us co covering part of um seven in the last episode yeah. kind of helps <laughs> cover it yeah it does. There's so much. I, I think my favorite, my absolute favorite part of the entire season was when the little mouse droids were coming to arrest R5 mm -hmm. with their little their little lights going on. And you had all of them and they're just kind of all bumping into him. <laughs> and he's just like, what the hell? Like, funny just there's so much heart and humor in the show and i i think it came through really well for sh for sure in uh this finale and yeah he really also, great i really enjoyed it din was a different character at this point from like the beginning because like at the beginning oh, of the, God, the yeah. series because you could tell like um he said it repeatedly to r5 he's like you did good buddy and like to grogo he's like you did good, buddy. Like he literally, I think, like almost the same exact words. Like you He's did a dad. good. 
Like, good yeah. job, R5. You like, and that was after R5. To a droid. Yeah. To a droid. And that was after. Like, let's not take away from that. That's insane. And that was after he didn't get the shields down when he asked him. Like, it obviously, mm-hmm. it was the um, Revenge of the Sith callback. Real good. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, the, the where R2 is trying to, like, why aren't you uh, um, the elevator thing in Revenge of the Sith yeah. with R2? Yeah. And, like, you got, you, why aren't you, like, lowering the shields in the clearly video game setup um, of him going through each of those shields? And I laugh at that, too, because every time he goes from one shield to another, he picks up new weapons. <laughs> so good. He levels up. I, I was like, this man's going in here with no weapons. Love to see that. Let's see what happens. Inc- like, my one of my favorite moments, like, a good little detail was he stabbed a guy and then he went to like get the knife back but the guy fell off the side he's like no 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 like you can hear him he He doesn't actually say it but he's like oh no 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 yeah he was like i need that knife okay like all right i'll figure something else out like it's just so funny like really really good a really fun little detail i love little details like that especially in combat excellent just so good what good show man if they seriously never put those two in anything else i'd be satisfied i'd be like all right fine oh also um ig12 um we yeah. didn't get to talk much about it i am it. the marshal um he uh, no that's the that's the ig11 again ig12 yeah, is the, the 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 remote control when oh sure when he first shows up and he's like telling like doing the no it yeah. looks, I'm almost positive when he just goes, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. When they're walking down the street, he's hitting it with his foot. <laughs> that's fantastic. It looks oh, like, that's fantastic. It looks like he's leaning to the side and he's just like, cause it, other times it looks like he's using his hands, but that one time they're walking down the street, it looks like he's leaning back and just smacking it with his foot. <laughs> Good for him. You know? Good for Grogu. And I've heard rumors that we got an F-bomb on screen. Did we? When the... Oh, I forget their species name. Um, the Anzellans. When the Anzellan mm-hmm. drops off IG-12 and kind of yeah. goes, No squeezy! No squeezy, yeah, baby! Yeah. Apparently, he says something like, I'm effing out of here. But... Oh, sheesh. I, I, I haven't caught it. Um, okay, but okay. I've heard other people like other people have claimed that that's what they've heard, and right. it just says the subtitles okay. are just like Anzel and talk or something. Yeah, right, right, right. That's very possible. That's funny. That's funny. So I think that's most of my major notes. Okay. I we I'm uh I think just the two of us alone we uh <laughs> we did a lot. We we sure did a lot. Um. The first period's over and the Devils are losing 2 nothing. So really, I haven't missed anything. Okay. Um, they're in between periods right now. So I've got a minute. But <laughs> that's such important information for our dear listeners. Um, but yeah, good stuff, man. We, we, we were thorough, I believe. I think we covered a lot. I mean, we didn't exactly go scene by scene, but I don't think anyone needs that two weeks after the damn episode came out. So no, I just sorry I left the country. <laughs> like, it's okay. That's I... my bad. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, I think, 
I think it was a lot of fun. I think this was, yeah. this is a good stopping point. Yeah, I agree. Even, even if it's not, what I think they could do is, because they've kept the chaptering number, the, the chapter numbers going. And we, like, obviously, like, the last episode is chapter 24. Mm-hmm. You could do book two, chapter one now. And even if you did The yeah, Mandalorian, you now you have an entirely new story that has nothing to do with these first three chapters or first mm-hmm, three seasons. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like we said, the story's done. It really is. It really, really is. Um, and you know what it is? It's a trilogy. And I kind of like that. Because it's three seasons. Um, and I think it really followed those beats really well. I mean, my only complaint about the whole show, right, is that one of the biggest, most important moments in the story of the show happens not in the show. You know? What are you talking um, about? We just skipped... <laughs> one of the most significant things that happen in the storyline. And it almost negates the power, almost negates the power of the end of season two by doing that in a different show. Um, If those episodes, you know, the two episodes that are definitely not about Boba Fett that are in the book of Boba Fett were at the beginning of season three or even like a season two B. Or make it make it a little like straight to Disney Plus like movie like a a season two B, in between season two and three. I would have been fine with that. Correct. Um, Yeah, I think that (laughs) might have been good. Or even just put these two at the beginning of the season. I don't know. You need those two episodes in the actual show, which that is my one complaint. I am, I don't understand why that was necessary. The whole um, book of Boba Fett was a weird, weird thing. Even Tamara Morrison was complaining about it <laughs> because he's I like, liked it. I liked watching it, but it's flawed. It's fundamentally flawed. It's I liked like I liked the show as the show, but you're it's the structure of the show didn't make sense with what they were doing. They None. needed to correct. They needed to structure it some other way, and we've talked about it that easily. Time. Easily could have been two mini movies, like two, well, not even mini movies, two movies. Yeah, right. You have the the Mandalorian, like Din and Grogu, movie. And you got the, those episodes, and then you have the Boba Fett stuff. Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc and, and that would have taken over. Yeah, it would have made sense to then at the end of the Boba Fett bit have Grogu and Din in there. That would have been fine if you had given us the Mando bit first. And just made it little mini seasons or a movie, right? I, that, to me, would have been a better structure. Um, I don't know how easy a sell that would have been. But I think I think it's a shame. And I don't really want to end on this note. But I do think it's a shame that the one, maybe not the one, but the show that we have that was like supposed to start be like about and featuring and starring a gentleman of color. A third of his show was given to a different gentleman of color. Let's be honest. Like Pedro Pascal is of course a Latino man. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just upsetting to me that he didn't get his own show. His show got And someone who is, yeah, someone who has done so much, so much for Star Wars, right? 
and is such a brilliant actor and a brilliant man. And Sut also represents like a very large culture of people. Yes, he's got his helmet on most of the time, but whatever. Um, I think it's notable that two of his six episodes were spent elsewhere. Yeah, Tamara Morrison. And that sucks. By himself, is he's a fantastic individual. Um, he's great. And he was, he was uh, complaining, not really complaining, but kind of commenting similar thing um, on like a talk show down in Australia, I believe. Um, that, it's just notable. Yeah. And I think he, he was a little peeved by it as well, which is understandable, but yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. I don't know that it's like on purpose. I'm not thinking it's like ill intent or anything like that, but it is notable that this gentleman from an underrepresented culture was given a six episode show and only two thirds of it was he even in. They should have just given him a four what? episode show, like literally like cut it Sh- off. Fine. And then- or a really freaking long movie, you yeah. know, give him don't 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 act like you're going to give him like a fully fledged show. And then it's this again, very enjoyable, but flawed piece of work. Like it just I'm still upset about that. But the Mandalorian <laughs> to bring it way back around town. Um what a brilliant, brilliant show all the way through. I agree that I think season three is the strongest because of the groundwork done in the first two. I agree. But it it's pays also, off so well. You also have the groundwork. Pays off so well in season three. You have the groundwork from Rebels and the Clone Wars. And so oh, it, it's, Lord, yes. it's building off of that stuff. Also, I do have Absolutely. A, a humorous complaint. Oh, boy. So you have Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon takes over the entire planet of Mandalore. He builds his base on the planet of Mandalore. He turns his troopers into essentially Mandalorians with their Mandalorian armor. He fights an entire army of Mandalorians. And he still calls Mm -hmm. Din Djarin the Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you got Grief Cargo, who's met many. Grief Cargo. Who has met many Mandalorians still calling Din Mando? Um, and then, yes, you, the the Mandalorian. He's like, the yeah, Mandalorian. Which one? I didn't. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. It's like, oh, he said the name of the show in the show. Like, bring me the man. It's the Mandalorian. Like, go after the Mandalorian. Like, anytime they did that, I was like, which one? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> There's so many on the screen right now. Which one? <laughs> like, I mean, even if it was that Mandalorian, like, bring me that Mandalorian. Why is it the? You, Every, like, what What are we? Because, la- yeah, they don't know his name. Do some of them know his name. But I think at this point, our boy, um, Grief Carter definitely does. But well, Moff Gideon, I feel like he knows his name at this point. No, Moff Gideon is the one who gave us his name. You're absolutely right. Thank you. And he still refuses to use it. Like you stupid. Su- I love that. <laughs> I love Giancarlo Esposito. He is. Can we just mention real quick? His effing performance in this show has been every every performance. We didn't even touch on it, but right. But like every performance in the show was stellar. 
okay? Both Pedro Pascal and all of the men actually in the suit, right? Yeah. All of them. Phenomenal. The puppeteers animating and acting through Grogu. Phenomenal. Um, Carl Weathers, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Katie Sackhoff, uh, Emily Swallow. Amazing across the board. Everyone was great. That's, I think that's the last comment I'll make. That's, that's where I end. But stunning. And yes, you're, you're right. It's funny that they, they are still saying Mando and the Mandalorian, but. Or the Mandalorian. Damn, are those actors selling those lines. Like they they're, you, you believe it. That's for sure. So yeah, every, everyone who worked on the show did a phenomenal job, but I just want to call out that those performances were stunning. Stunning, especially when you have people acting through helmets. Yes. You know, yeah, that just just really, really good stuff. That's that's tough to do, definitely. When you don't have yeah. your face the your face to emote, you have to act different ways. And I've seen, I've heard of several actors have to uh, basically handle that because you're you're you you yeah. lose a vital um, a feature of your acting, and so you yeah. got to do it other ways. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll end there next week. Yeah. We are going to catch up on some of the Bad Batch episodes. We're actually going to be jumping around a bit uh, just because there's so much coming out and there's so much already out. So we're going to we're gonna bounce around, try to catch up on some of the stuff. So we're going to do some uh, episodes 10 through 13 is the plan of the Bad Batch. Yeah. We will see you then. <laughs>